Cowan. You're listening to This Day in New Haven History on WNHH 103.5 FM and streaming live at newhavenindependent.org, community radio in the Elm City. Thank you for joining uh, me on the time travel machine, and I'm here with my regular co-pilot, Jason Bischoff-Worsel of the New Haven Museum. Hi, Jason. Hi, Alan. So, Jason, we are in 1959. We've been doing uh, one year um, uh, in progression, starting back, I think, in 1955. Yes. And we are deep in the heart of redevelopment, and this is a big day, October 14, in New Haven history, because something... Uh, well, they thought it would be great then. We don't think so today. Well, tell us what's it, tell us what served its purpose to some degree, and now here in 2016, we're we're on the the other end of that. So, what what is that? And that would be in 1959, the Oak Street Connector opens. Another long step forward in the completion of the Chamber's 10-point program will be the opening of the Oak Street Connector on October 26th. And that is that big highway to nowhere as it's come to be known. Yes, but at the time, there were plenty of plans for it to continue all the way on to Derby. To Derby. Yes. Right, and to enable uh, people who were uh, swiftly moving to the suburbs and abandoning downtown New Haven to hop in their cars and come back to shop at um, Mally's and all the great stuff that was coming to New Haven. Yes, or, or being changed. So this, this all will connect here, uh, if you will. Those who want to get an idea of how Church Street will look when it will be widened 20 feet have only to look at Church Street as it passes over the Oak Street connector. So that section there, the bridge of Church Street, was... Uh, going to show how the current Church Street looks today. Now, a lot of that meant that an entire swath of Church Street had to be demolished, right. uh, as we'll see in our segment here today. The many men in the state highway department, the city administration, and the various chamber of commerce me- committees who have worked on this project for several years all can have a great sense of accomplishment in seeing the completion of this project. Now, to pause very briefly, I feel like we're doing biblical exegesis. The, the men of the state highway department actually hated the connector idea. They they didn't think it was going to work, mm-hmm. and they didn't think it was necessary, especially with uh, I-95 there already. Right. But, and they opposed it, but they were um, uh, uh, steamrolled over because, as you've pointed out, there was a huge amount of money, and it was all free money from the federal government. Yeah, essentially. And here's the thing that, as you mentioned the other day, how... Uh, in these publications here in the 1950s, they weren't really discussing uh, pedestrians, weren't really discussing bicycle use, uh, weren't discussing what we like to call today in 2016, the mixed use, kind of new urbanism, whatever we're looking at today. They go on to mention here as the major selling point, this new entrance to the city and the hundreds of additional parking spaces made <laughs> available will attract thousands of additional cars to the downtown area. Parking, parking, parking. Yes. And right. you want to bring in thousands of additional cars. And what we have today now is we don't want thousands of additional cars. That's right. No, it, it is amazing that the, uh, that the uh, idea of a pedestrian uh, kind of, uh, I mean, I guess you could be a pedestrian after you parked your car and uh, would go shopping in the new stores. That was fine. 
but um, uh, otherwise, uh, you really were supposed to spend your life in your car between your home and your shopping target. Of well, the it just day. seemed that that was, right. and, and that's essentially what has evolved from that in our current uh, climate here in right. the country. But right there, this was this, still this, this idea that everybody can now have a nice car. Everybody can take that car to the suburbs. Everybody can go to their house. They can park it there. Because we have these, all these this. nice roads. Yeah, and they yeah. were seeing kind of where, we're, where things were going and uh, trying to be on the side of saying, okay, well, great. This is going to help bring in, still bring in this business, keep these people coming downtown. Right, and this Oak Street connector, this was, this was uh, one of the steps of the chamber's 10-point program. I'm not sure what the other 10 points were, but but it, it definitely was the uh, uh, was one of the earliest uh, projects. After uh, uh, then, the city on its list, I believe, Worcester Street came next. Uh, that was going to be re the redevelopment agency was going to address Worcester Street and its um, slums and but yes, and, and then after that, Dixwell was to be addressed. Yes, uh, Dixwell the, would be the, Fairhaven. All corners of the city were affected by this. Fairhaven was State Street was leveled. I mean, just the other day, there's now studies, and and this is the the complete, almost bizarre irony of the whole thing here. Now we're spending thousands of dollars in 2016 to study to bring back the same thing that they were saying, this is wonderful. We just cleared this so you could bring a lot of cars in. Now we're saying, no, this is wonderful. Let's rebuild everything that was knocked down in the 1950s. Right. Yeah. Well, and, uh, so it's, it's an interesting thing about looking forward and here thinking of looking forward and looking back, we've, we've, we've talked about Mally's and sort of their, their history throughout, uh, that's right. Mally's throughout time here. And here's in Fairhaven, right? And, and were a mainstay downtown Huge. and, uh, here they mention in 1959, Mali moved to allow Church Street program to move ahead. The chamber offers congratulations to W. Ward Mali Jr., president of the Edward Mali Company, and his associates on the exciting announcement that they will relocate in the Church Street project. Plans are for the new Mali's to be on one-third larger than at present, and, of course, to be the most modern and efficient design. The finalizing of the Malley-Stevens negotiations will now permit construction to start this year and allow the firming up of other plans for the area by the Stevens New Haven Development Company. Now, this Stevens, I think, is someone named Roger Stevens, who was one of the uh, uh, the private developer um working on this the downtown aspect of yes and that's what they were calling the church street project so the church street project what it did and this is something that again we are we were seeing different renewal today and, and dealing with the the massive change uh how they had mentioned oh well look look at how church street is going to look when it crosses over here at the connector uh an entire side almost two sides of church street was leveled and uh, this sort of Mally's was almost like the last piece in the puzzle that allowed. So they demolished their their old uh, 
grand building downtown would demolish that in order to have the new modern facilities which were and as as kind of a a token to them they were put right as you got off 34 so you got off the right, highway and they right. were they were now uh, going to be a big box store and, but and that's what they the, were the location they were moved from again was where was uh down by the green down by the green church. right and then not too long after this Macy's comes into the picture. Yes. Now that is, I believe what happened to some extent was this guy, Roger Stevens, who was the, the kind of deal maker, um, as a private developer, I think he could not, uh, sustain his involvement. Some of the local, uh, landowners wouldn't sell cheap enough to him. I'm not sure. And somehow Macy's was brought in to 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 be the investor in the space that that um, it, it could, because there was a there was a tipping point when it might not have happened. But yeah. Because when you think about it, why bring in a second department store to compete exactly. with Mallies? Makes exactly. no sense at all. And so what it did was essentially, and 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 also this Macy's and they sold it as a great deal. I believe I want to say this was one of the first Macy's outside of New York. Could be. I'm pretty sure it was. Or if not, it was the second one or what have you but i believe that it's claimed fame was it was the first uh you know big box uh kind of mall style macy's they brought that up in order to move the project forward and also be able to build the chapel street mall uh which is now uh apartments and many stores uh kind of on the street level um but yeah that project this church street project essentially was a project without and a sort of a clear attainable goal. Right. And people Once were, it went into motion. They were dropping in and out in, and there are all kinds of peculiar background stories here about the reason Macy's coming in was one of the redevelopment agency, um, uh, directors. was it, was it, uh, maybe, maybe it was Frank Logue at the time. Uh, How many yes, Logues were there? Frank Logue. And there was an Edward Logue yes. also, but one of them, uh, apparently saw the writing on the wall that Stevens was going to back out and they were, they didn't have a big investor to make this happen. Um, but, uh, there was somebody who Logue knew, uh, because he was a Yale college or Yale law school graduate. And there was a, a figure at, in, in the Yale community, we haven't talked about Yale's involvement in this, but they played a huge role here, but apparently this person at Yale happened to be, so I understand, although I can't quote my source, um, happened to be on the board of Macy's. And hmm. when the redevelopment agency said, oh, we have a problem, uh, the fellow at Yale said, well, let me introduce you to Macy's. Right. And that's how Macy's came in right. to kind of save the day, all kind of flying by the seat of their pants. Right. Yeah. And in the end, they would still, uh, both would not survive here in New Haven, uh, and those buildings were demolished. And when, were, when were they demolished? I believe the Macy's one I know was about 10 years ago when it finally went down. Mally's might have been just before that. So approximately 10 years ago, right. um, I do remember the demolition of uh, the Macy's building. And uh, those are now on the present site, or rather home to Gateway. Community College has been built there uh, where those two were and serve as the gateway now to downtown, which right. is which is 
right. far more appropriate probably than these box stores. But uh, kind of this is the story in a way, the sad story of uh, kind of the demise of Mallys and uh, the rise and fall of, of, of a local uh, business and entrepreneurs and uh, the, the movement forward. Uh, uh. And uh, so, you know, and again, this week we've, we've been dis- discussing this and kind of this, this movement uh, and this excitement and the optimism of the 1950s here in New Haven. Uh, there would still be a lot more change to come, a tremendous amount of change, uh, both uh, physically and socially in the 1960s uh, in, in New Haven. Uh, but they were kind of getting a little uh, maybe intoxicated at this point right. <laughs> quite intoxicated with with uh the funding and the sort of unlimited uh power that they uh seemed to wield at the time well thank you jason and uh i hope our listeners will be intoxicated with the idea of time travel back to new haven uh as we were this week in in, in the, into the uh the era of redevelopment which we are uh enjoying as well as undoing today And think about it next time you're roaming around New Haven, which hopefully you're doing right now as uh, you're listening uh, or about to. And uh, look around and think about where where we are now and uh, how we got here and where we're going to go. Thank you and have a great weekend. And see you next week on This Day in New Haven History.